Can a teenage trauma scar you for life? And when we experience such a trauma, can we ever go home again? Especially when our friends, family, and community members have no idea what we truly endured and won't even believe the nature of the evil that attacked us? Well, Janine sure has answers to these questions, as we'll learn when we meet her in this episode of Undertow, just after this. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi there, this is Fred Greenhalge, and welcome back to Undertow, Realm's podcast of the dark currents that bring you under the surface into the weird and the wicked. We'll be exploring those questions I just posed in today's story, Janine, by Emma J. Gibbon. Emma is an award-winning horror writer, originally from Yorkshire, England, and currently based in Midcoast, Maine. Her debut fiction collection, Dark Blood Comes from the Feet, is actually where the story comes from. Well, that collection was one of NPR's best books of 2020 and won the Maine Literary Book Award for Speculative Fiction. She's also a poet with works appearing in Strange Horizons, Liminality, Pedestal Magazine, Kaleidotrope, Eye to the Telescope, and the upcoming Under Her Skin. The story is performed for you by Lisa Stathopoulos, one of my favorite Maine-based actors. Lisa played Nina Locke when my company produced the immersive on-location audio drama of Lock and Key for Audible. In addition to that, she has numerous, numerous roles on stage and screen. Lisa also has a memoir out called Make Me, all about her artistic life. So let's go out to the Maine woods, shall we? We're going to learn the story of Janine. Janine by Emma J. Gibbon Chapter 1 
She scratched her head, showing dark roots underneath her stiff blonde hair, and took a deep drag on a cigarette. Janine, you know you can't smoke in the bar anymore, shouted the bartender. Janine extended her middle finger to him, her nail polish bright blue and chipped. Fuck off, Bob. We all know I'm pretty much your only customer. She turned her gaze to Amanda. Her pale gray eyes were opioid pinned. So what do you want to know? Her partner had warned Amanda against meeting Janine. She's crazy, you know. Not crazy, but town treasure crazy. Dangerous crazy. Into all kinds of shit. Drugs, illegal stuff. Plus, there was that stuff with her boyfriend way back. When she'd asked them to elaborate, they shook their head. Stay away from her. She's a train wreck. Of course, Amanda wasn't going to listen. I'll think about it, she said, knowing full well that she was going to call Janine the next morning. Her name was in the phone book, and she'd heard mutters around town about Janine blaming little blue devils for something that had happened long ago. Amanda needed a scoop that would turn her boss's head at the paper. Something different. Something that might save her job. Janine's voice was slurry from sleep or something else when she answered the phone, but she agreed to meet on the condition that they met in the local bar and that Amanda was buying. It was 11 a.m. in the Naughty Pine cocoon of the Draft Pub. Amanda, nursing a coffee, and Janine making her way through several strong white ciders at an alarming speed. It was clear that Janine had been attractive once, but time and lifestyle had ravaged her looks. There were dark circles under her creased eyes, her cheeks were red with old acne scars and thread veins, and her lips were dry and chapped. A deep worry line bisected her forehead. They didn't make small talk, Amanda was feeling too desperate to dance around. I want to know about your experience with the Blue Devils. Janine guffawed, showing rotted teeth at the back of her mouth. Jesus Christ, are you telling me you believe me? Amanda shrugged. I don't know. Tell me what happened. Janine's vacant eyes got teary. No one fucking believes me, you know. She chewed at her nails. We were in love. We were young, but we loved each other. Everyone who talks around town always forgets that part, makes it easier for them to live with the things they say about me. Janine used her finger to swipe a tear from under her eye without smudging her mascara. I was a freshman when we got together. I was 14 years old. I know it's hard to believe, but I was the prettiest girl in school. <laughs> she laughed bitterly. Didn't make me popular, though. Just the opposite. What did a trashy girl from the trailer park have any business being pretty? Most of the boys tried it with me, and some of the men. So the girls hated me. Didn't matter that I didn't do nothing. They called me a slut anyhow, as did the boys when I turned them down. With a mom that was known to do tricks on occasion and a dad who was a drunk, how did they expect me to turn out? 
but you were just a kid, said Amanda. That doesn't matter in a small place like this. Amanda waved at the barman to get Janine another drink and ordered herself a beer. So what if it was noon? She could always leave the car and walk home. Out of everyone she had ever interviewed, Janine seemed the loneliest. Dane was different, though. He didn't try to get into my pants first chance he got, and he was kind to me. Told the other kids to leave me alone when I got on the bus. He was good-looking, tall, and not too skinny, with dark brown hair and the bluest eyes. And rich. Whoa, boy. The look on my mama's face when I brought him home. I'm sure his mom wasn't pleased about him hooking up with the likes of me, but she never showed it. She was always so sweet to me. Of course, she never spoke to me again after that night. Never spoke to anyone. She left town soon after. I heard she was a shut-in. Janine sighed heavily. Are you sure you want to hear the rest? I mean, you won't believe me. Amanda reached across the table and touched Janine's hand. It was far colder than it should have been. You can tell me, Janine, she said. We'd been together for four years at that point. People talk like it was a one-night thing, but we'd been together longer than some people's marriages, you know? Even if we were young. I mean, we'd fooled around what teenagers wouldn't in four years, but I was a virgin still and I'm assuming he was. It was 1989. I was waiting for prom. I still had ridiculous romantic notions back then. I don't think I thought he would ever marry me, even though he always said he would. I figured he'd go to college, find some rich girl, and that'd be that. People like Dane's family stick to their own. Hell, so do we. The amount of guys I've dated since who are just like my daddy. <laughs> she gave out a harsh bark of a laugh. I knew this even back then. I wanted him to be my first before I slunk back to the level I was supposed to be at. We decided on prom. They still called it the Blueberry Ball back then. Isn't that a hoot with the Blueberry King and Queen? But I'm getting ahead of myself. Bob brought the drinks to the table. When Amanda looked up at him, he eye-rolled towards Janine. My mom got me a dress. I have no idea how or what she had to do to get me one, but she did it. I think managing to get Dane and going to the prom are the only things my mom has ever been proud of me for. She was so fucking happy to give me that dress. It was a real 80s number. It was white, puffy sleeves and lots of lace. You remember those? You're probably too young, but man, it was a great dress. I walked down those damned trailer steps like a princess. You should have seen Dane's face when he saw me. Those blue eyes of his shined when he pinned the corsage to my shoulder. I know it was love that was there. No man has ever looked at me like that before or since. I only got it once with Dane. I suppose I was lucky to get that right. Janine drained the rest of her drink, gulping down the alcohol as if her life depended on it. 
one another? Said Amanda, despite her misgivings that she might be giving Janine too much to drink. But Janine nodded and Bob continued to serve them, so what the hell? Fuck it, said Janine. I'll just show you. It's not like I can show anyone else. She took an old photo out of her worn purse. It was old and creased, blurry at the edges from continued greasy fingerprints. It had that haziness to it that photos from the 80s had. Janine flattened it out on the table and slid it over to Amanda. There they were, stood on the steps of a broken down trailer. It was a little surreal to see the younger, really quite lovely version of Janine. And Christ, she looked so happy. Beaming in that very 80s prom dress and big, big hair. It made Amanda's heart ache to see the difference between Janine then and the Janine sat in front of her. When did the light go out of her eyes? Was it that night? There was Dane, a young kid, just about to be a man. Good looking, yes, but even in the photograph, it was clear he had that easy confidence that came with never really having to struggle, something Janine probably never knew. Where was he now? Janine grabbed the photo and jammed it back in her bag. I always carry it with me, she said, but I can't look at it too long. She shook her head as if dispelling a memory. What was your prom like? Amanda shrugged. It was, you know, the usual. I bet you were the prom queen with looks like yours. Amanda reddened. She had been the prom queen. Enough about me. She tried to hide the impatience in her voice. Tell me what happened, Janine. My prom night was magical. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. The gym looked amazing. I didn't even mind the stupid blueberry theme. All of the walls were draped with that blue see-through material that seems to float. I almost didn't recognize the place. Not that I spent much time in the gym, usually. (laughs) She snorted at her own joke. The band was local, but a good one. They played all the hits, and me and Dane danced all night, had our pictures taken, although I never did collect them, what with everything. I wish I had them now. I was the prom queen, too. She grinned. Amanda was about to interrupt her, to say she'd never said. I could tell by the way you looked embarrassed and proud at the same time. Yeah, I was the fucking blueberry queen. Of course, there was no question that Dane would be the blueberry king, but he had gone around and convinced everyone to vote for me. I didn't hear the last of that after. Janine didn't hide the bitterness from her voice, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Standing on that stage, wearing that silly crown with the plastic blueberries on it, for the first time, I felt part of things, like I wasn't destined to fail, that Dane and I would be together forever, that I could maybe escape. Sheesh, what a dummy I was. Do you ever wonder who's looking over your shoulder when you're exploring the web? 
Do you want to keep tracking cookies, curious websites, and your internet service provider from sniffing out too much about your browsing activity? What about gaining the ability to virtually travel to different parts of the world and reshape your internet experience? Well, enter NordVPN. NordVPN protects your internet privacy and lets you go borderless. You can experience sporting events and entertainment that aren't available in your region. When you're on the go, NordVPN protects your data while accessing public Wi-Fi, and in tandem with the Nord Threat Protection Service, protects you from malicious downloads, viruses, and phishing sites. Best of all, this protection is laser fast, so avoid buffering and lagging while streaming or gaming and stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling. If you've never used a VPN before, you may be surprised how much your internet experience is shaped by what country of origin you're believed to be from. I've actually had quite a bit of fun using NordVPN as a learning tool with my kids. We change around our virtual location, go to different countries, revisit familiar websites from a new country of origin and see how things are different. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, your NordVPN account can be used on up to six devices. So why wait? Get the best discount off your NordVPN plan by going to nordvpn.com slash undertow. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash undertow. Hi there. If you're a fan of Undertow, I know you love immersive entertainment. And let's be real, as much as we all love podcasts, nothing is quite the same as going out to see a movie in the theater, the experience of being with friends, getting your popcorn, and the sheer impact of the visual and sound experience exactly as the filmmakers intended. If you crave that experience, then Regal Unlimited just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass that pays for itself in just two visits. See any 2D movie anytime with no blackout dates or restrictions. And when you want to watch a movie in a premium format like 4DX, IMAX, RPX, or ScreenX, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at reduced cost. And you'll save not just on tickets, you save on snacks with 10% off all non-alcoholic concession items. So if you're planning to see just two movies this month, you need to join Regal Unlimited. Sign up now in the Regal app or on rigmovies.com. That's R-E-G movies.com slash unlimited. Rigmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code undertow24 and earn 10% off a three-month subscription. Regal Unlimited, the all-you-can-watch movie subscription, pays yourself in just two visits. Sign up now, code undertow24. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Janine lit another cigarette. Bob tutted in the background. Amanda noticed Janine's hands were shaking. Are you okay? She said. Janine managed a shaky smile. Oh, sure. She said. It's just been a while since I told this story. She didn't look okay. She took a deep breath. Anyway, we danced the last dance together. 
I can't remember this song now. I know I loved it. Maybe I've just blocked that part out. I wish I could block the rest of it. But at that point, it was the best night of my life. But you want to know what happened next, right? Amanda nodded. I'm gonna need something stronger to drink. Whiskey. Amanda waved Bob over. Two whiskeys, please. Make them doubles. When the drinks arrived at the table, Janine threw hers back. Okay, she said. Amanda sipped her drink and sat back in the chair. You didn't grow up here? Janine said. Amanda shook her head. Well, back then, if you wanted to park, you know what I mean? You drove to the woods behind the high school. I don't know if they still do it now. There's always been tons of scary stories about the woods, but you know teenagers. They're horny and they think they're invincible. I imagine they're just the same now. I've seen on TV that kids these days book hotel rooms for after prom, but it just wasn't done then around here, even if you did have the money, like Dane. Besides, there's nowhere here that you can go and stay anonymously. Everywhere is owned by someone you know, or back then, someone your parents knew. Not that my parents gave much of a shit, but Dane's family had a reputation to uphold. We left the prom as soon as it ended and drove into the woods to the very end of the dirt track, deep in there, the very best spot. I guess it was only fitting that the blueberry king and queen got it, right? <laughs> Janine laughed, but it was hollow. Amanda could tell she was stalling. Was it all a ruse to get more drinks out of her? No, there was no disguising the pain in Janine's face. We began to fool around moved into the back seat. I'm gonna assume that you know what I'm talking about. A looker like you doesn't get to your age without fooling around in a car, and if you haven't, well, then I'm sorry. We were inexperienced and clumsy, but at that age, it doesn't matter. I was just so glad that we had finally done it and that he was my first. He looked so lovely afterwards in the back seat of that car, both of us so young, half-dressed and glowing. I still remember the smell of him after all these years, that earthy, fresh sweat smell and feeling the warmth of his neck as I pressed my face against it. I think about that feeling a lot, you know? It was the last time I was happy. We sat in the back holding each other. He was talking and talking. Nerves, I suppose. I wasn't really listening. He was talking about having to go to college, but he would send for me and maybe I could find a way to go to college too and that we could get married. It was crazy talk, of course. None of that would happen. But I loved him for saying it. He was halfway through describing his plans of getting a part-time job and apartment off campus when there was a huge bang against the side of the car, and then a screech, as if something was scratching the side of the car with something metallic. We both damn near jumped out of our skins, but then we're laughing because clearly it's some other kids messing around, right? We both got dressed quickly. I watched Dane pull up his pants and 
thought about how I couldn't wait to get him back out of them. We got out, and there are these huge gouges in the paint down the side of the car, and Dane mutters, motherfuckers, because everyone's heard of that urban legend, the one with Guy with the hook, and of course, it's kids from our school pranking us. Maybe they were upset because I got to be Blueberry Queen, who the fuck knows, but what's weird is these gouges, they aren't like a hook mark. More like a claw has scratched down the side, and there's a dent near the door handle, which must have been the bang we heard. Dane shouted into the woods, Who's there? You'll pay for the bodywork, you fuckers. But there's nothing. I expected to hear laughing or them running away or something, but it was quiet. All I remember hearing is Dane breathing, and the evening air giving me goosebumps on my bare skin. Then, we hear a chittering. You know, like cats make when they want to get at something but louder. I had a cat once that ate bugs. Used to hunt them down in the trailer. He used to make that noise when there was a moth or spider he couldn't reach. Janine made the noise, her teeth chattering. Amanda would have laughed, but Janine's face had gone gray, and she was staring off into the distance as if she couldn't see Amanda at all. Dane looked around at me and shrugged. I guess we still thought it was kids at that point. It was the last time we really looked at each other. There was a rustling in the trees. Get in the car, Janine, Dane said, and I did what he told me. He always protected me. I watched him walk towards where the noise came from, but then these things started coming out of the woods. What things, Janine? Amanda said, but she knew what was coming. There were five of them, said Janine. They were, fuck, they were little things about Three feet tall? They they came up to here on Dane. She placed her hand at her stomach. And Dane was near six foot, but there were five of them. She was fully crying now and wiped away tears with the flat of her hand. They were blue. Their skin was blue and thin, like you could see the veins through it. They had these little nubby horns on their heads, almost like baby deer have, but they weren't cute. No, their eyes were dark red and shining like aliens, and they had claws and these horrible sharp teeth, ragged and pointed and needle-like, like those deep sea fish you see on the Animal Channel. I never saw anything like those things. People around here call them the Blue Devils. All the crazy people, at least, but I never did go for that Jesus stuff. If I don't believe in that, how can I believe in devils? They came from the woods, and they weren't people, but they weren't quite animals either. I don't know what the fuck they were. Maybe I'm crazier than a shithouse rat, too. They walked towards him, almost like little kids coming up to a grown-up. Dane started backing up, stumbling a little on tree roots. He was shaking his head. He couldn't believe what he was seeing either. He started to turn to run, I suppose, but 
That's when they pounced on him. They could jump so high for little things. They scrambled all over him, grabbing him with their claws and using their weight to pull him down. If there was one or two, he could have easily shook them off. But there were five. I could see the blood starting to run where they stuck their claws in him. In seconds, he fell to the ground and they dragged him into the woods. It happened so quickly that he was never there at all. What did you do? asked Amanda. Janine twitched as if coming out of a dream. She looked directly into Amanda's eyes. I ran. I never learned how to drive, so I got out of the car and ran back to town barefoot. Tore my feet up real good. I'm no good trash like the rest of my family. A coward. I should have gone into the woods, tried to save the man I loved, or at least died with him. No, you did the right thing. Did I? I don't think so. I'm as guilty as they say I am. They all think it was me that did it. And in a way, I let it happen. I should have tried to save him. Janine rubbed both hands over her face, smearing her mascara. She lit another cigarette. Amanda waited until she was ready to speak again. I went to the police. I told them that something had dragged Dane into the woods. I didn't tell them it was little fucking blue creatures. I couldn't believe it myself. Thought I was having some kind of breakdown. They didn't believe me anyway. Thought I was making up stories for being out late after prom. They didn't go looking for him until his mother called the next morning when he didn't come home. Did they find him? He was 20 feet away from his car. Well, what was left of his body was. The police came over and dragged my ass out of bed the next day. I was still wearing my prom dress. I hadn't slept. I lay there all night, reliving those things dragging him into the woods. I thought they were coming for me. I thought I heard them scratching outside the trailer. The cops showed me photographs of the scene, pictures of Dane's body. I didn't have no lawyer or even a parent with me. They tried to get me to confess, to say I'd done it. But how could I have? They'd scratched and bitten him all over. His hands and feet were chewed, almost gone. They'd taken... They... Janine began gulping, as if she couldn't get any air. Clawed out his eyes, his beautiful blue eyes. Janine stubbed out her cigarette and stood up suddenly, knocking over the drinks on the table. I have to go, she muttered and ran out into the street. Amanda stood up, her skirt drenched in booze. She shouted, Janine, wait! But when she got to the window, she could see Janine running as if she was being chased up the middle of the road. Passers-by stopped to point and whisper. Amanda had expected to see Janine around town, or at least hear about her. Now that she had heard her story, what worried Amanda wasn't the truth of it or not, but what it cost Janine to tell her. When she didn't answer her calls, Amanda went back to the bar to ask Bob if he had seen Janine. Nope. Gone to rehab in the city, I heard, said Bob. About time, too. Her whole life wasted. She isn't a bad person, you know. 
I never slept properly, you know, after that night. That's why I took so many pills. Janine sat on a plastic chair in the visitor's room, a sparse area with clinical green walls and a threadbare carpet. Amanda had found her in a clinic in Portland. She was surprised that Janine had agreed to see her. No one else has visited, said Janine, and I wanted to finish telling you. Janine looked worse than before, despite her claims that she was getting better. She was near skeletal now, with no makeup to hide behind and scratches up and down her arms. I didn't tell you the whole truth about why I was so upset with myself for not going in the woods. I should have tried to save Dane, that was true, but here's the thing. They should have taken me, too. That night, I really could hear them outside, and every night I would hear them scratching the outside of our trailer, waiting for me to come outside, but I never did. I took the booze and the pills and the powder and did what I could not to hear them. But I have to hear them. I know that now. I have to stop hiding. I have to let them in. My life ended that night just like Dane's did. It's just taken me this long to realize it. Amanda urged Janine to talk to her doctors, but she refused. She just smiled sadly at Amanda when visiting time was over. Amanda tried to talk to someone on the way out, but the receptionist said they couldn't discuss a patient with someone who wasn't a family member. A week later, Janine was dead. Suicide. It was all over the local news. She'd been found in the woods, so it was public knowledge. No one knew how she'd gotten out of rehab. Slashed her wrists so deep her hands were almost detached. But before she'd done that, she tried to scratch out her own eyes. Amanda went to Janine's parents to give her condolences. They wouldn't open the door. Deep gouges ran the circumference of their trailer. Amanda trashed her story and got out of town. If you think we're out of horrifying stories that take place in the main woods, you're wrong. We're just getting started, my friend. We have a tale that is, shall I say, razor sharp coming here next time. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Or you might go even deeper into the undertow. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And that was Janine by Emma J. Gibbon, read for you by Lisa Stathopoulos, with sound design and music editing by Carter Wogan. The creatures which appear in the story are based on an original concept by Thomas Washburn Jr. Janine was produced by Dagaz Media. Undertow is a production of Realm, hosted by Fred Greenholch, produced by Mary Azadolahi and Haley Wagreich, associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw, executive produced by Fred Greenholch, Molly Barton, and Marcy Wiseman. Theme, Dark Rumbling, by Hubert Campbell. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Undertow by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.